us pray. God, we are here this morning to listen to you. Speak to us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. A few years ago, an elderly woman was exiting a grocery store in California. She was wheeling her cart towards her car when she saw four young men who were sitting in the vehicle, apparently trying to steal her car. Without stopping to get help or call 911, she took matters into her own hands and shouted at the top of her lungs, get out of the car. I've got a gun and I know how to use it. The four young men jumped out of the vehicle and they ran for the hills. The elderly woman loaded the groceries into the back seat and then she got into the front seat and she tried the key, but she just couldn't get it to fit into the ignition. And that's when it occurred to her, oh no, could it be? And she gets out and two spaces down is a lookalike vehicle. She had mistaken this as her car, pulled her gun and carjacked four young men. So embarrassed, of course, she takes her groceries out of the car, puts them in her own and immediately drives to the police station two blocks away. And when she walks into that police station, standing there are four frightened young men reporting that some woman had just hijacked their vehicle. The police officer taking the report laughed and laughed and thankfully the young men decided not to press charges. The challenges of growing older, one of the many challenges of growing old. Today's story from Genesis is about another woman facing one of the challenges of growing old, who in the process of facing that challenge learned a profound lesson that I think is applicable to every single one of us, no matter what our age is. Genesis 18 is unusual in that although it was written in a patriarchal time where most texts that originate from that time are androcentric in their orientation, this story is written from the perspective of the woman, Sarah, the wife of Abraham. Now, we don't know how old she was at this time. We, um, the text tells us that she was just, quote, of advanced age, and that it had, quote, ceased to be with her after the manner of women. So what that clearly is indicating is that Sarah had moved past normal childbearing years. And yet she'd always dreamed of being a mother. In fact, a couple of decades earlier, as we looked at last Sunday, her husband Abraham received this vision from God saying that someday Sarah would birth a child of promise. You remember from last Sunday's lesson in Genesis 15, God asked Abraham to come outside the tent and look up at the stars and invited Abraham to count them if he could and then said, your descendants will be as numerous as these stars. In other words, this was a prophecy that the, ch that the child Sarah would bear would give rise to a great nation that would bless the entire earth. 
And I think that Sarah had clung to that promise. But you know how things go. Years pass. Life gets crazy. Things don't go as planned. And one day you realize it's too late. The moment has passed for me. And that's when, Farah, or that's when Sarah found herself at the beginning of this story today. Until one day when something strange happened. In the heat of the day, Abraham was setting in the shade of his tent. When he looked up and in the distance he sees these three strangers, there's travelers, out of the middle of nowhere, passing by. And immediately Abraham senses that somehow these are not ordinary human beings. He senses that what he was experiencing here was a theophany. That's a term used when God appears to people in a human form, sometimes in disguise in the Hebrew Bible. Abraham intuits that two of these strangers are angels, but the third one is the one, is the Lord. So he insisted that they stop and refresh themselves in the shade of the tree. And as Abraham was making dinner conversation with them, under the strictures of the custom of the time, Sarah is relegated to the confines of the tent. But she's listening through that tent wall in this story. She's eavesdropping on this fascinating conversation that's going on outside. Genesis 18, 9, they, they said to him, where is your wife, Sarah? And he said, there in the tent. And then one of them said to him, I will surely return to you in due season and your wife, Sarah, shall have a son. And when Sarah heard this behind the tent flap, she just couldn't help it. She just started laughing. Ha, yeah, right. At my age, I'm going to have a child. That's hilarious. By the way, friends, that can often be a sign. When someone makes a suggestion or observation so outlandish to you that it makes you laugh, when a thought passes through your mind so outlandish that it makes you laugh, pay attention to that because it just might be God speaking. Reinhold Niebuhr put it this way, humor is the prelude to faith and laughter is the beginning of prayer. You know, I see this a lot in the lives of, of people that I know. When life beats us down, it's easy to lose our sense of humor. And it's easy to become crusty. And it's easy to become cynical. Don't let that happen to you. Instead, when someone tells you something crazy or wonderful that's a possibility or that might happen do what sarah did let yourself laugh let the idea amuse you because amusement leads to musing thinking and when a seed of an idea is planted when that seed grows you can find yourself thinking well i may not have come up with that but could it be could i actually do that could we do that? Which then leads us to praying, God, let it be. And where there's faith, 
And where there's prayer, all things are possible. In your own life right now, what crazy thoughts pass through your brain? Don't be too cynical or swift to dismiss those. Give them a chance. So verse 7, Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I've grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? TMI, Sarah, TMI. The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? And then there, here's the key phrase, I think, in this entire story. Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? Sarah said, I didn't laugh because she was afraid of getting caught. But the Lord said, oh, yes, you did laugh. But that was enough said. The seed had been planted. And in the days that follow, Sarah thought on what had been said. And before long, she found herself thinking, could it be? Which probably led her to start praying, God, could it be? Could you make this happen? And after many prayers later, most likely, and months had gone by, it happened. We're told later on in this section of Genesis that Sarah does conceive. She ends up birthing this long-awaited child of promise. And she names her son Isaac. Do you know what Isaac means in Hebrew? Anybody? It means laughter, right? It's exactly what it means. And I think that's beautiful that she memorializes for the ages the critical spiritual lesson that she learned through this experience that she wants to hand down to us today. And that lesson being, it is never too late for God to do something laughably wonderful in your life. Regardless of your age, whether you're young or old, there will be those seasons in your life where you are tempted to think it's too late for me. The moment's passed. I might as well give up. And when you think that way, remember this story from Genesis. And instead of turning to cynicism, let that crazy thought linger. Let yourself laugh. And if you hear the Spirit say to you, what's so funny? Is anything too wonderful for me? Then start praying about it. And if, you're, if it keeps tugging you in the same direction, give it a chance. Do something bold. Step out in faith. You know what's really awkward for me? Purchasing alcohol at Kroger. <laughs> so here I come up to the checkout line, and they all know me there at Kroger. Um, there's June, the checkout lady, and I know her so well that I know what she's studying in her Bible, and she often shares prayer requests with me while I'm in line and she's checking me out. And then there's the checkout girl. Hey, Pastor John, what are you making with that ground beef? <laughs> and then I put the bottle of wine on the conveyor and I see the look past both of their faces. And June is like, can I see your ID? And I'm like, June, June, you know I'm over 21. And she snaps back at me. I've learned just because somebody looks old, that doesn't mean they're not young. So thanks, I think. She sees that I'm 49 years old, and I hand my ID back. She says nothing about the wine. So here I am, almost 50 years old, still getting carded. But as 50 approaches, I feel 
like this is a little more significant milestone in my life than 40 felt to me. And so I'm thinking a lot more right now. I find myself thinking a lot more what is my life going to look like over the next 20 some years of my working life left and beyond that. And it gets you thinking. And as I'm listening to God right now in my life, I keep hearing, I've shared this with some of you, I keep hearing God saying, God, uh, John, you need to write a book about discipleship for progressive Christians. That's something that a journey I've taken in my own life. And, and I know how hard it is for some people to take their faith life seriously while at the same time holding progressive scientific and postmodern perspectives on life. So they put their faith in this little box and, and it doesn't really permeate much of the rest of their lives or people lose faith altogether. I want to write about how to take Jesus Christ seriously without having to check our brain at the door. And so that's the message that I hear through the tent flaps. And you know what? I have to admit, I'm tempted to think, yeah, right. How am I going to have time to do that? And if I do that, who will publish it? And if I do get it published, who will read it? And I'm just sort of laughing at the idea. And I think, well, maybe a book like that could bless a multitude of people like the stars in the sky and I but I just can't shake the idea that it's something that I'm supposed to do and when I think about it honestly maybe that should be the test that we use when God is giving you an idea and you just can't shake it there comes a point where you're gonna have to either try it or live to regret it so be bold I think this story teaches us step out in faith don't get stuck in the inertia of life that's what I hear God saying through this story of Sarah. What do you hear? What crazy, wonderful, laughable thing keeps running through your mind that you just cannot shake? Maybe for you, like Sarah, it's adopting a child or having a child. Maybe for you, it's beginning to date again. Or maybe learning to love being single. That sounds laughable, but God can be full of outrageous ideas. Maybe our calling is to thrive in life by, by making a career change or by going back to school. Or maybe it's, maybe it's to serve in church in a new way. Maybe your family would laugh at the idea of you becoming an Episcopal deacon. But maybe that's the call God is putting on your heart. What crazy, laughable idea are you having trouble shaking? Pay attention to that because it might just be the Spirit. The Spirit of God calling you to something greater in your life. I mean, the worst that could happen is that you'd fail, but there's no shame in failure. The, the typical person trying to start a business fails four times before they succeed. Life calls us to adventure, so take this chance. In the movie, We Bought a Zoo, Benjamin Mee says, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just 20 seconds of embarrassing bravery, and I promise you something great will come out of it. If nothing else, even if it flops, you will have the satisfaction that you left no stone unturned, no dream unexplored. So this story 
in genesis eighteen confronts me with this fundamental question what kind of person do i want to be do i want to be the kind of person who plays it safe in your whole life and going through your life and going to your grave without adventure or do you want to be the kind of person who sees life as an adventure and tries some crazy laughable stuff which kind of person do you want to be let me close really quickly with this i had heard about this story in when i was living in papua new guinea but um annie dillard i don't know if you've ever if you know who she is she's one of my favorite authors she writes about this story in um in one of her books a british missionary living in Papua New Guinea was the first Westerner to make contact with this remote people group. And to get there, as many missionaries do, he flew on this little Cessna plane, landing in an airstrip. And the airstrips over there are hacked out of the jungle and they're just, they have to keep them up by mowing them. And they're just strips, of, long strips of grass. And one day he was in the village and he was headed out to the airstrip to go to the plane because he needed to go uh, fly back to Medang and get some supplies and he noticed that the village was gathering out there at the airstrip and the village was out there because one of the village men had taken vines off of the trees and tied them around himself and tied them tied himself around the fuselage of the plane and he was insisting that no one untie these. And the village folk gathered around and they asked him, what are you thinking, man? What are you trying to do? And the man responded, no matter what happens to me, I've got to see where this flying machine comes from. I've got to find and see that part of the world that created these incredible flying machines. What courage. That's a sense of adventure. And I want that image of that man lashed to that fuselage to be in our heads this week. That we would be half as brave and adventurous as he is. As people of faith, friends, God sometimes shares crazy ideas with us. And when that happens, go ahead and laugh. But if that still small voice inside of you, the spirit within you keeps saying, what's so funny? Is there anything too wonderful for me? Then pray about it. And if you feel that tug continuing in the same direction, there comes a point, friends, when you have to lash yourself to the fuselage of the plane and say, here I go, no matter what happens. Because like Mother Sarah before us, we are called to be the kind of people who follow our dreams. Nothing is too wonderful for God. Amen.